Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Jamie is Clipsal's new king. Feel feel quite relieved that uh, I've got a feel good start, and uh, really, uh, you know, this, this can really sort of push my uh, push my year into the right direction. Drivers call to unite. Uh, I, I think there's definitely room for a drivers association. And Rick Kelly wants to do only one thing at the Grand Prix this weekend. Win. It's all coming up today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Jamie Winkup has won his second consecutive Clipsal 500 and is now the most dominant driver in the event's history. Winkup talked about his achievements on the weekend and what it meant to break the records. Marcus Ambrose, I regard as one of the one of the best drivers we've seen. So to um, to go one more, to get one step better than him, um, is, uh, is 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 a proud moment. Will Davison's second and third places over the weekend showed why he was last year's silly season's hottest property. Yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled. I could not be happier with uh, the way this weekend's gone and hopefully we can just move on now and and, uh, build on a great year. Garth Tander benefited from new qualifying rules but knows there's a long way to go in his championship. Happily, he's assured that HRT has the measure of the other Holdens and perhaps all the Fords. Look, I think um, our team proved today that um, you know we're still a benchmark Holden team and uh, there's no Fords in front of us, just a couple of pigs. Lee Holsworth finished the weekend in third place in the points and was happy with the outcome, even if he did not like the qualifying shuffle. I got, uh, I got eliminated from the shootout because of jumping curbs and um, made my way back up to second in the first race and then got put back to 10th again for the uh, for the second race. So it made it very difficult, but um, a great way to start the year and um, really banked some great points for the, uh, for the year. Stephen Johnson's consistency in the first two races of the year have got him to fourth place in the points. For his new teammate, though, James Courtney, the weekend was not as bright as he had hoped. Courtney told the V8 Insiders that he was amazed at the team's efforts to get him back out on the track following his Sunday morning crunch. did an awesome job getting everything back together. We uh, didn't quite have enough time to you know, do it 100%, but, uh, but no, they did a really good job to get me out. Courtney on Sunday night was looking at a tough week ahead for his Jim Beam crew. As they were preparing the car for next week's Grand Prix, I asked him if he could go into a car from last year. I won't be going to a car from last year because uh, we have to run the new cars. Um, so, yeah, it's just a matter of, um, you know, we ran it today. We didn't get enough time to flat patch it and do all that sort of stuff, so... I'm sure we'll do pull it all back out and make sure that the this was all a bit rushed, make sure it's all right, and then uh, see how we go. How's your mindset, though, going through what you've had to go through this weekend? Yeah, it's not not too good. I'd rather be um, in other places, but, you know, it's, it's part and parcel of it. You're going to have your good and bad weekends. It could happen to Jamie at, at uh, New Zealand last year, so... Um, 
still plenty of time left in the season. Well, the good news for the Jim Beam Racing is that this week V8 Supercars have approved the team to use Grant Denyer's BF Falcon at the Manufacturer's Challenge so they can complete all the repairs required on the 888-built FG Falcon. One of the first people to enter the Jim Beam Racing garage after the car was dragged off the flatbed was 888's Ludo Lacroix. Roland Dane explained to the V8 Insiders the role Ludo was playing for the engineering powerhouse. Well, we, I mean, you know, we got customers out here and everything, and Ludo's a, a big part of uh, of what we've done here and everything. So, uh, and he understands the responsibility we have, uh, and we try, you know, try and help those guys. So he's been, uh, he came here this weekend to, to really to help the PCR guys, just help get, kick them off and be part of their crew for this weekend he, he's uh, not scheduled to come to to any more at the moment uh, before the enduros uh, but um, uh, he's helped them and then when the, yeah the uh, the djr guys uh, obviously hit their 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 problem this morning uh, he got stuck in and uh, did his best to uh, to try and help them get uh, get stuff done and for sure we'll be helping the next the next week as well rick kelly told the v8 insiders that he has a solid start for the jack daniels racing team and they're confident that there's plenty more performance to come. Extremely excited to be in the top 10 after our first event. The guys have done just an amazing effort to get the cars as quick as they were. So I think um, we need to definitely work on a few different things, but um, the, the team's got a lot of potential there. One of the features of this year's Clipsal 500 was the erection of the grandstand covering and a new pit complex which certainly rivals any facility at any racetrack around Australia and in fact the world. Roger Macon was in charge of its erection and now the dismantling until next year's event. He explained some of the challenges ahead. Well, from the building point of view, without the services uh, such as air conditioning and, and wiring, um, we, we had a packing list that was over 87,000 individual components and that is without nuts, bolts and washers. So if you added the nuts, bolts and washers in, I'd really think you'd be you know, hundreds of thousands of components. Yeah. We'll have more on that new complex in next week's White Flag Lap. Now on to the Grand Prix, and it's newly returned main game driver Jason Barguana who says he's looking forward to the seat time that this outing will provide. The car was uh, quite strong in the second part of that last race, so uh, if we can take some of those lessons into the Grand Prix and hopefully we can start putting this thing up the front and be more consistent there. Jack Perkins also is looking forward to the Grand Prix. Yeah, for me now, uh, it'll be just about finishing and keeping the car straight, so um, be hanging hanging back a long way from other cars and uh, just making sure we bring the thing home every race because, um, you know, it's just we can't afford to keep having these crashes and uh, it's a bit this weekend I, I sort of thought that we deserved to be up the front, so I was probably racing a little bit too hard, but um, unfortunately I was involved in, uh, you know, a couple of crashes where I felt a bit innocent, so... Uh, Grand Prix, we've just got to finish the races and look towards the next championship round. Lowndes is hoping to hit the track. Now, it's definitely a great opportunity to, to do things that you normally wouldn't do here, like, like for instance here this weekend. You sort of run down normally the traditional path, not necessarily trying to be too extravagant about what you want to do, but Melbourne does give, give you that opportunity, but at the same time you, you want to win races. This week, Dave Reynolds from Bundy Red Racing met the famed rockers, Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend, and he's hoping that a good weekend will allow him and his team to enjoy the concert. Roland Dane has told the V8 Insiders that he's not trying to get a third row for an Indianapolis-style start at the Australian Grand Prix Manufacturers Challenge. Look, we're happy to be racing um, uh, racing Falcons and we're happy to, to do our bit for the uh, 
uh, for the Falcons next uh, next weekend. That uh, hopefully we can uh, contribute to the bit of fun that. Uh, uh, that uh, should come out of that challenge next weekend in um, in Melbourne. So, yeah, we're, we're happy to do that. Craig Lowndes says he hasn't really noticed the difference by not being a factory driver. No, not really. I think that, uh, you know, we've still got Ford fans. And I'm, you, know, you know, when Jamie got up on the podium there, I'm sure that uh, everyone heard all the Ford fans cheering. So, uh, no, I don't think, it actually doesn't make much of a difference, really. Um, it, it's probably, in one hand, a little bit disappointing that we don't have the uh, the Ford logo on the car. But uh, ultimately, I don't think it really hurts us as a, as a brand and a team. HRT will be supporting a Victorian bushfire logo on their car this weekend to raise support for the Red Cross appeal. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. Later we'll hear from more of the drivers on the calls for a drivers association. But next, it's Peter Norton and Andy Stobar. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bundaberg Racing and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, where we're wrapping up the Clipsal 500. And joining us on the panel this week, well, an infrequent international guest here from Crash.net, it's Andy Sobart. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Greg. And also from Inside Motorsport, it's Peter Norton. Welcome back, Peter. Yes, it's great to be back, and it's great to have the season underway. And it's great to be in a facility that... We are sitting currently in the media centre as the sun's setting in the west. And, uh, Andy, this is just unbelievable to see the infrastructure here at Adelaide. And you think when a Formula One race leaves, the infrastructure doesn't keep getting better, would you? Well, I mean, I I do a lot of races around the world. And, uh, I mean, this compares with any international event. It's amazing for what is a domestic series, uh, albeit a domestic series that's very big in its marketplace and and does go, you know, out of the confines of Australia. But you you come into Adelaide. uh, I arrived uh, off the plane from the UK on Friday morning. Uh, went into the city, thought, you know, this is a very dead and quiet place. Where is everyone? And, uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, walked to the end of the street and uh, we found where everyone, the whole city, decamps basically to this beautiful park uh, that we're looking at the sun setting on now uh, and enjoys some fabulous racing and, uh, you know, a whole fabulous event. You have uh, been out to Australia a number of times and whenever you can get this race in to coincide with the Formula One next week, you or week before or week after you always do take the opportunity so it must mean there's something special about this place um, this is actually in actual fact it's the first time I've done the clips I've always tried to do it and funnily enough I was talking to Tony Cochran earlier today and saying look for me it's perfect can you make sure that the uh, clips will take place the week before uh, the Australian Grand Prix because the Australian Grand Prix opens the Formula 1 season uh, usually I have a Malaysian race to go to afterwards which unfortunately I have to go to um, but you know and he's saying yeah, it's very difficult because you're dealing with that Bernie Eccleston and uh, you know he, he keeps his cards close to his chest but it's fabulous and to get 
I think the Clipsal is really an event that would work well on the international stage to try and you know, get it out from the confines of Australia. You might want to keep it to yourself because it is such a great event, but uh, it's certainly something that puts Adelaide on the map and you can look at how it's built up over the past 10, 11 years from when Formula 1 left here. Uh, it, it's really something to be proud of and I think it, it rivals any other event in Australia, let alone you know, big motor racing events around the world. Well... For V8 fans, it was situation normal as the team Vodafone was once again dominant. Yes, and uh, Jamie Wincup out in front, everyone's quite used to that. But probably the surprise this weekend is that Craig Lowndes has continued the form that he had late last season, and uh, yeah, he qualified well, and of course that uh, was a great advantage for him for both days' races, of course. Uh, Sunday he had engine problems, but uh, uh, that didn't matter. He was back on the front row again uh, uh, for today's race. Poor start, but he had the the fastest car out there. Uh, He set fastest lap and uh, things like that and fought his way back up to fourth. So, uh, to me, the surprise packet was Craig Lowndes. We saw new rule changes, and for you, Andy, who aren't in the throng of V8s every week these rule changes how did you measure them when you were watching the race did it make the race any different to you um, I think the one that everyone's been talking about, and we certainly saw uh, Cameron McConville talking about in the press conference uh, after Saturday's race where he'd uh, worked his way up into the top ten from starting right at the back on the grid, uh, he then had to do that all again in, in the second race because your qualifying, uh, your qualifying position applies to both races. It's, it's a tough call, isn't it? At the end of the day, it puts more pressure on qualifying. It's a double benefit if you do well, but it's a, a double smack in the face if you don't do well. So um, the pros and cons to both ways i mean uh in cameron's instance the only person who made a mistake in qualifying was him so you know well done you did well in the first race but you know i don't know it's difficult you you do have the potential of having two quite similar races because if you look at you're on the same track the same performance from cars um you know you start where you start where you move up what happens there there's a bit more in the mix if you uh take the qualifying uh, or your grid position for the second race from where you finished in the first. So, I don't know, both have pros and cons. Um, we'll see how it goes for a season, really. But, um, I mean, I think that's the, one, the main one people are talking about. Um, the difference in fuel, I mean, to, to you watching it, there might be a bit less flame coming out of the exhaust, but, you know, really, what, what difference is it in actual effect to the actual racing? You know, when you have to make a pit stop for your fuel economy, it is what it is. It's not as if you've got some cars running on one fuel, some on another. So, it's a constant for everyone so that is a change you know the championship's making a lot of it but you know to the actual race fan watching it doesn't make that much of a difference and uh, uh, I mean those are the two that I've sort of been hearing about talking about uh, out here Peter it, it's something that is it a storm in a teacup as many have said or is it something that's really going to affect the outcome of the championship I, I find the qualifying thing quite interesting and I think the proof will be in the pudding if it spices up Saturday racing if people start to take the risks that they wouldn't normally take because they're a bit nervous about crashing on Saturday and then starting from the back, yeah, that's what it's trying to achieve, uh, is for those guys to have a bit more of a go. I don't think we saw too much benefit from it this weekend. Maybe it's going to take a couple more rounds for us to work out whether it's a good thing or not. Well, we need to take a break on the V8 Insiders and we'll be back with more on the Clipsal 500 in just a few moments. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. 
Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Will Davison from the Toll Holden Racing Team, and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the Eclipse All wrap-up here on the V8 Insiders as Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport and Andy Sobart from Crash.net join us here. As I said, we're in the uh, fantastic new media centre which uh, gave us for the first time a view of the racetrack which we've enjoyed and what we did get to see because we're over the pit lane is a whole bunch of race cars coming in for pit stops that involve fuel and tyres and particularly on Saturday but even again on Sunday Andy you would have been looking going hmm it's not that slick sleek refueling and tyre um, and tyre change that you're so used to when you're covering uh, skylarking around in Formula 1 circles uh, yeah, it's certainly different, but you, you look at NASCAR or something like that, you know the rules, the guys have got to do more work, so it's uh, it's certainly an interesting factor. I mean, from the, I, I don't know what uh, people have on the viewers at home, but uh, I, I know in the media centre, a beautiful new facility we've got here, um, we didn't have the timing on the pit stops, which for me was a big frustration, because I'm so lo- used to looking at, you know, split seconds and writing it down on my notes and working out. Um, it's certainly a change, that's for sure, uh, and it's certainly something that... Uh, makes us uh, you know pay attention to what's on it adds another element of strategy so you know uh, we'll see how it goes through the year peter we saw a lot of wrecked cars this weekend amazingly they were able to get james courtney to at least get out onto the track but uh, you had michael caruso working an all-nighter you had uh, wood with the kelly racing team also having their share of problems and uh, marcus marshall just about made the lap record of pit road of three or four times throughout the weekend Yes, uh, I guess it's uh, you know, first day back at school and people are making uh, you know, rookie silly mistakes out there and uh, it's causing a whole lot of uh, work. Hey, hang on, isn't there an economic crisis? Aren't we supposed to be saving money? I don't, I don't think the drivers have really woken up to uh, driving conservatively to save dollars. Uh, but uh, for the race fans, it's good to see some action, isn't it? What did you think of the Will Davison uh, swap over? Two podiums must mean it was uh, somewhat successful. Yes, uh, I heard him in one of the conferences uh, uh, talking about uh, he's never had a a car so good. Uh, So uh, obviously he thinks it's been a a step up and, uh, well, he's he's outperforming the, uh, I guess, the lead driver in that uh, team. So uh, it's good to see the new guy coming good. When you come to, uh, particularly in Melbourne, you see the V8s come along without... Uh, you know, I know you're going to give us an honest answer, not a uh, piss in our pocket type answer here, Andy. How do V8 supercars? We hear a lot of rhetoric, but how do V8 supercars stack up to the other supports and DTM and and those other series that you get to watch? Um, other supports for Formula One. I mean, I, I think the V8s is the best, and I don't think I'm the the only person in the F1 paddock to think that. I mean, it, it's very interesting. Different events are very different. There is quite a uh, you know a diversity in what we get when we go around the world. We go to so many different venues, um, and I think 
very much that when we didn't have the V8s on the support package in uh, Melbourne not so very long ago, it was a great shame. Um, and I think the event in Melbourne certainly benefits from having both on the package. Um, but yeah, the V8 Supercar, everyone knows it's extremely popular in this country. And you, when you look at the size of it for the capital you've got here, it, it's, an awesome, it's an awesome spectacle. And uh, long may it continue. If you could get along to some other races, I mean, join us in Bahrain. Never mind, you know, going on your own Desert 400 race. You want to join us and come along for Abu Dhabi, come along to China or whatever. You know, we can, maybe you can work China, work together. We've got F1 and the V8 Supercars on one bill. Uh, there's lots of potential there. So, yeah, come along to all of them. And what have you thought about uh, the changes? You see it that once or twice a year that you do get to come out here and watch the racing. How have you, how have you seen what the changes this year? I think the great thing about the V8s is the excitement and the drama and the intrigues, not just on track. There's so much going on, bubbling away behind the scenes. And uh, the difficult thing I found at the start of a new season, as I can see the team's sponsors there and their name, uh, you know, on the car may be one thing, but behind it, you know, it's, it's a different franchise that's running it. And, it and, and that's part of the intrigue and knowing what's going on, why these moves are going on and uh, the motivation behind the people to do well. You know, they want to show one over over the people that used to run their squad or something like that there's so much depth to it there's so much excitement that, that makes it to be the spectacle you know continues off track too now you should be the real insider here because all the teams up the front are owned by poms or english well i mean uh, obviously we are far superior in our engineering skills than australians and um you know it's um you know we come over here to beat you guys it, it's easily done um, it's an absolute pleasure to do at any time uh, you, you want it just uh, you know just get the palms in yeah peter i, I thought that uh, australia's leading uh, motor racing engineers have all gone to formula one and it's left the, the british to be the so excellent at touring cars okay now final thought what do we learn out of the clips of 500 nothing because it's a street circuit or heaps because no one's going to catch Team Vodafone and HAT this year. I think the big surprise that we've all learnt about here is that uh, some of the engine work over the off-season to uh, adjust for the ethanol fuel, um, some people have perhaps turned it up a little bit too much, and we saw two very high-profile engine failures yesterday. Uh, that's no, be... that, that was power steering, Peter. Oh, power steering. That was power steering. Oh, I stand corrected. I've never seen white smoke out of power steering before, but you, you, know, you live and learn. Yep. It must be the ethanol blend. Yes, that's right. So uh, uh, people have been doing a lot of homework. They've got a little bit more to do. Well, thanks very much, Peter. And, Andy, we hope it's not uh, too long until we can have you back on the show telling us about British superiority. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll have the white flag lap next here on the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. G'day, it's Greg Moove from the Sprint Guest Racing Team and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. On this week's Y-Flag Lap, we talked to the drivers about calls for more say in how V8 supercars are run. 
We start with a man who's been through this debate many times before, Craig Lowndes. No, I think that uh, the drivers just want to have a little bit more input in, uh, um, you know, especially when they're going to start changing uh, you know, corners on racetracks. And that's where drivers would like to have you know, a bit more of an input earlier than what we are. Um, because really, you know, the first time we see uh, a corner that's been changed is when we do a track walk. And really, it's too late to make adju- adjustments or changes that year. You know, generally you're making obviously recommendations for the following year but uh, for that year it, it never can be done so we'd, we'd hope to try and change that if we can have a bit more inf- information or a bit more input into uh, you know earlier stages of it and hopefully we can we can adjust corners to suit you know better to suit us to what we do uh, you know, it's one thing to see you know standing there and, and view the corner as it is but it's, it's a different uh, especially like you know exist, um, turn eight here you know 200 plus kilometers an hour you approach it a, bit, a little bit differently than what you do standing there watching it well first of all I, you know Potentially there's some issues with turn eight, but there hasn't been this weekend. So we haven't had, you know, Dale Wood hit the wall, he was okay. So, you know, I think there's a duty of care to put us in a safe environment. But I think turn eight could be safer, but I don't think it's unsafe. So that's probably first first thing to clarify. As far as the Grand Prix Drivers Association, we, uh, or something similar, we all met on uh, Thursday. Uh, Murph and Steve Richards uh, I suppose, are trying to head up with some support from Russell, a bit of an association, just so we're all united, um, that, that we'll probably correspond after each round. You know, Hamil- uh, Townsville, for the first time, we want to send a driver there about a month before to have a look at that place. Same with Homebush. But, you know, it's, it's difficult because uh, <laughs> I think the driver's voice in this championship is nowhere near as strong as a Grand Prix driver. I, I don't know why that is, whether the... The uh, powers that be make sure it stays that way. I'm not sure exactly, but um, we are working on it. We definitely tried to form something a couple of years ago. It probably didn't happen. And uh, now, after Marcus Sakanovic's incident at uh, Winton, where we think there could have been some improved safety issues there, we've all got together, and uh, I think you'll see perhaps a, a more united front from here on forward. I think there's definitely room for a driver's association, if you want to call it that. Um, and providing it's it's based around contributing to the sport in a positive way, and and I think that uh, it's unanimous in that it's welcomed by V8 Supercars, and uh, and if we can contribute as a group, particularly to safety issues, then um, I think it's a, a positive thing. They've always been there's always been talk of it. The safety can can do with a little bit of a touch up, so I think that's a good thing. Driver import um, is very important because a lot of people, everyone else, doesn't know what it's like out there and what sort of things can be of risk. So we certainly should have an import, and that um, that'll only make the category safer. Of course, uh, the drivers have an opinion, uh, and they're, they're very opinionated, um, and we have some good ideas at times. But uh, you know, I think we should leave the rules up to uh, up to the people. That, uh, that are educated to, to, to make the rules. As far as drivers go, we can have a huge input on the safety, on how to make the tracks cleaner, but uh, I think drivers getting involved with rules, um, that, that's going to get messy. My thanks to Andy Sobart and Peter Norton as the checkered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.